Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm trying to create a space that's about women's autonomy, sensuality, desire, and also power. Um, it was originally um, installed 20 years ago, so I'm really excited that Eric chose it for his platform section. And it was an art forum top 10 show of the year, big New York Times review in that corner, and Sculpture Magazine over here. And I'm just waiting for Hermes to sponsor something with me. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed there are a few Hermes yeah. bags around. But it's just so great because the work really questions how we place value on anything in the world, mm -hmm. whether it be real estate or horses or, of course, by extension, art. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Today I'm taking you to New York City, to Pier 92 on the Hudson River in Manhattan. That's where I captured the voices you just heard. At the 2017 Armory Art Fair, New York-based artist Patricia Cronin, with Eric Shiner, Vice President of Contemporary Art at Sotheby's, are talking to a small group of collectors gathered inside Patricia Cronin's tack room. This is one of the 12 large-scale projects that Eric Shiner curated for the fair's new platform section. Picture the intensity of immersive multimedia room-sized installations by male artists such as Jason Rhodes or Paul McCarthy, but with a female perspective. This freestanding wood replica of an essential space within a horse barn is filled with real-life evidence of the artist's personal passion for horses, her own horse paintings, and small cast horse sculptures are embedded in the display of sexually suggestive leather saddles, bridles, whips, and suede chaps, images of horse-crazy girls, pages from Playboy, and stud magazines Breed of the Month centerfolds. Virtually everything is the same as the first time we installed it at White Columns. It was in the inaugural show of their new space on 13th Street. Paul Ha was then the director. He's now the director at the List Visual Arts Center at MIT. It's kind of a trip down memory lane. I had to replace a few lights. The unicorn mask is new. All these years of your fascination, your paintings of horses, mm -hmm. your girls and horses, your relationship with other horsewomen artists, mm -hmm. Janet Biggs. Janet Biggs, yes, exactly. Um, there's a Janet Biggs still from one of her shows right over there. Also, I have the most successful woman artist of the 19th century, Rosa Bonheur's horse fair print. I love it that it's a self-portrait. She's the only human being in the, in the work that doesn't have facial hair. That's how you can tell it's her in the center. Well, also, she put herself in the center. But um, I'm just so happy to restage this and have it be installed again. And it's interesting because at an art fair where galleries, you know, rent a certain amount of real estate and it costs a fortune for them to participate in these things, it is such an honor to be able to present a large-scale installation in the curated section. It's fun to revisit it, also to see how evergreen the issues are that you address in the work. That's kind of shocking. I mean, I was very curious um, what it was going to look like in new architecture in 2017. God knows we couldn't have envisioned the political climate we have in the United States right now. There was no way anybody could have seen this coming to have women's sexuality and agency and autonomy. Images of power, mm -hmm. individuality, yeah. uh, risk-taking. Yes, control, desire, all of it. I work in so many different mediums, um, sometimes confuses people. Like I do everything from I write books 
I make, you know, small paintings, small watercolors, larger paintings, installations, then these kind of, ins like, major installations, all the way up to monumental marble and bronze. And the, the fabulous project you did at the Sackler Center. <gasps> the Harriet Hosmer catalog resume. Yes. Did I ever think I was going to write a catalog resume? Of course not. But I couldn't stand the dearth of scholarship on women artists. The first professional woman sculptor, Harriet Hosmer, didn't have a catalog resume. And I thought, well, this is untenable. I thought, you know what? If a legitimate art publisher isn't going to hire a real PhD art historian and pay them a salary for five to ten years, which is what normally happens with a catalog resume, as an artist, I would do it for her. It took five years, and I wanted to make it legible that an artist was doing this. I decided to make a monochromatic watercolor of each and every one of her yes, neoclassical marbles. Little known and scarcely mentioned chapters in women's history have always attracted Patricia Cronin's attention. I remember the deeply moving experience of a project she created in Venice, Italy. It was called Shrine for Girls. It was a solo collateral event, part of the Venice Biennale. Boko Haram kidnapping the Nigerian Chibok students, these gang rapes and lynchings in India, and the Magdalene Laundries forced labor camps for precocious girls in the UK and in Ireland were driving me crazy. And these three stories all came to me or happened right around the same time when the Italian curator Ludovico Portesi invited me to do a project at Venice. And so we knew the venue we wanted. It's the smallest church in Venice, Chiesa di San Gallo. It's right off of San Marco. It's a little jewel box. And I went there thinking I was going to be bringing big bronze sculptures. But when I got there and I looked around and I spent a few days really, you know, seeing what the space said to me and what I felt, I thought, no, it has to be about the girls. I've got three altars. I can't hang anything on the wall. I've got three stories of three distinctly separate groups of young women and girls, and they all come from different regions in the world, and they wear different clothes. I consider them gender martyrs. I'm going to treat their clothing or clothing that they would wear as their relics. I took their clothes and placed them on the altars right up above where previously religious relics had been. And then I put just to the side of each pile of the hijabs, the saris, and the aprons, a small frame photograph of each of the different events. People had goosebumps. Everyone sobbed. From billionaire Russian collectors, the art cognoscenti, tourists, and even schools in, in Italy brought their school groups, boys and girls. They had lesson plans. They went from altar to altar talking about, I mean, it was incredible. And that's how I define success, that art can communicate across geographical boundaries and language barriers, and not how much something trades for at auction. I try to make art history. This is the goal. The goal is to really make a difference. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. You've been listening to a conversation with New York-based artist Patricia Cronin that took place inside her tack room installation at the 2017 Armory Art Fair. Presented for the first time in 1997, the installation has enduring value as an exuberant testimony to women, power, and sexuality. Patricia Cronin works in a range of media to comment on the nuanced meaning of diverse social histories of women. It's exciting to see her passionate persistence recognized. The artist Shrine for Girls is formally documented in the sixth edition of the textbook Art, A Brief History, 
and a chapter about the international contemporary art scene since 1950. To learn more, visit freshartinternational.com. Click on the support button to energize our efforts to share these great conversations. Visit iTunes to rate and review the episode. You'll find Fresh Art International anywhere you go for podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.